podcast. Yep, it is time for the episode to end all episodes. Well, time for the episode to start this episode. Welcome to Lecture Labadovers. We are here talking about video games and websites and stuff like that. And I want to tell you, I got no idea what's new because so much has been added in the last week. I'm just going to take a stab at it. Uh, Killer7, Castlevania Bloodlines, Dust, Zombies, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, Parasite Eve, The Evil Within, Resident Evil 5, Chaos Legion, Dead Space 3, Quake 2, The Reckoning, Shadowground, Sonic Adventure 2, Duke Nukem 2, Batman Arkham Asylum, Alice... Um, Wolfenstein 3D, Orcs Must Die 2, and East the Collection. I think that's everything. There's probably more. We've got some more great soundtrack stuff in the forums from Mephisto. Uh, Scarlet is working on his request list. I've got some updates on the Mighty Thumbnail Project. There's going to be probably the finale of Bloodlines is going to be up. Um in the next couple of days and yeah it's so much getting done um as we've been doing the thing i have finished the preliminary recording speaking of things that are going on finished the preliminary recording for parasite eve now i'm doing a run through again to get to the chrysler building i'm not just gonna you don't just jump into the chrysler building without a little extra prep work so we're doing a little extra prep work and then we'll be jumping into the Chrysler building. But Parasite Eve will be up in uh, total by the end of the month. I don't, as of yet, really know if we've got anything planned for the big old Halloween holiday that uh, befalls us every 31st of Febtober. Uh, but as is the tradition, we will be watching some movies. At least I will be streaming some movies and The War of the Worlds. You can find out more about that as we get closer to the day, either at the Facebook or at the forums. Today in the news, ladies and gentlemen, protecting our freedoms. You know it's going to be good. The bold and shameless leering of David Zaitsev is legendary around Seattle's parks, and more so since he filed a civil complaint against the city in September, challenging its anti-voyeurism law for placing a, quote, chilling effect on his photography of a modestly dressed woman in public. Though he has never been charged with a crime, he roams freely and apparently joyously around short-skirted and swimsuit-clad, quote, gals, while often himself wearing only a thong and bearing a free hugs and kisses sign. Zaitsev's website, Extal Public Nudity, um, wrote the Seattle Post-Intelligencer and explained, for example, that a woman who angles her bod to offer a view of side boob is fair game for his camera. Zaitsev's complaint that the law criminalizes photography of a person's intimate areas, clothed or not, without explicit permission, is distressing him. 
This is funny, because it's totally legal in Oregon. He should just move. Yeah, we talked about it on this very podcast. A judge in Portland said, no, it's cool. You can do that. Seattle's like, um, for once, you know, props to Seattle. Doing something right that Portland did wrong. Democracy Blues, ladies and gentlemen. Randy Richardson, 42, vying for the unopposed, I'm going to say that again, unopposed, because it's probably important, unopposed, for the Riceville, Iowa School Board, having a return just because he has two kids in school, failed to get any votes at all, as even he was too busy on election day to make it to the polls, nor were there any write-ins. To resolve the 0-0 result, the other board members simply appointed Richardson to the office. Riceville, near the Minnesota border, border is a big-time farming community, and registered voters queried by the Des Moines Register said they just had too much field work to do that day. You run unopposed, you lose anyway. Well, you, you didn't lose, you didn't win, right? It's like living in Seattle. Medical marvels. Researchers recently came upon a small community, not named, in the Dominican Republic with an unusual incident of adolescent boys having spent their first decade or so of their lives as girls because their penises and testes did not appear until puberty. A September BBC News dispatch referred to the boys as... Oh, boy. Gueva Doses and credited the community for alerting researchers who ultimately developed a drug to replace the culprit enzyme whose absence was causing the problem. The full shot of testosterone that should have been derived in the mother's womb was not arriving until puberty. It's nature. You know, you're tampering. They tampered in God's domain. Leading economic indicators, ladies and gentlemen, the serpentine queue extended for blocks in September in Lucknow, India after... Lucknow, India, yeah. After a state government of Uttar Pradesh announced 368 job openings, almost all menial, eventually resulting in about 2.3 million applications. 200,000 of those from people with advanced degrees, even though the $240 a month position required only a fifth grade education, according to an Associated Press dispatch. About 13 million young people enter India's job market each year. That is crazy. Crazy. Uh, the New World Order, ladies and gentlemen, it's here, it's now. Watch it on your televisions, cook it in your microwaves, live it, breathe it, sleep it, bought the t-shirt. At a September convention on ethical issues involving computers, a researcher at Britain's De Montfort University decried the development of devices that might permit human-robot sex. Though no human would be, quote, victimized, the researcher warned that such machines, some already in service, will exacerbate existing power imbalances between men and women and pave the way for more human exploitation. One critic challenged, offering that such robots would be no more demeaning to women than, say, vibrators. However, the researcher ominously warned that there may someday be robots resembling children marketed for sex. The September USA Today dispatch from Tokyo reported that the company SoftBank had banned sex via its user agreement with its new four-foot-tall human-like robot, even though Pepper features nothing resembling genitalia. And Thailand's last resort rehab at the Wat... Wat... Thamkrabok... Wat... Wat... Thamkrabok... It's like Star Wars names. A temple about 100 miles north of Bangkok resembles a traditional drug detox facility. Work, relaxation, meditation, except for the vomiting. 
At the Vomit Temple, Buddhist priests mix a concoction of 120 herbal ingredients that are nasty, according to the temple's methamphetamine addicts interviewed for a recent Australian TV documentary. Said one of the rehab agenda, vomiting is at 3 p.m. every day. Foreigners must vomit for the first five days. The vomiting is intense. Here's some finer points of the law you probably didn't know about. I didn't know about them, but then I don't care, mostly. The People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, that's PETA, filed a federal lawsuit in California in September on behalf of an endangered crested black macaw that wandered up to an unattended camera on a tripod tripod, tripod, and clicked a selfie. The camera belonged to photographer David Slater, who claimed copyright to the photo even though Naturo actually snapped it. The shot might be valuable to Naturo since it has become viral on the internet. Though the photo was taken in Indonesia, Slatter's publisher is based in California. You know, I'm I'm gonna interrupt a regularly scheduled news for a moment here and say I would be so much more supportive of PETA and what they do if it didn't seem like just anything to get attention was what they were going for. Um, they're, they're like... Oh, I can't remember this lady's name. She's an attorney, and every uh, client she has has to cry at a press release. Somebody know, somebody tell me, and then I'll get it. But, like, Johnny Cochran is the next name that comes to mind, and it's not quite the same thing. But, yeah, PETA, do more good, spend less time trying to get attention. Okay? Thanks. Uh, on to our next story in the finer points of the law. Jose Banks. Oh, that's, that's like a baseball name right there. Jose Banks, now 40, filed for a $10 million lawsuit in 2014 against the federal government because jailers at Chicago's high-rise Metropolitan Correctional Center failed to guard him closely enough in 2012, thus enabling him to think he could escape. He and his cellmate had repelled 14 floors with bedsheets, but Banks was rearrested a few days later. Still, he claimed that the escape caused him great trauma, in addition to humiliation and embarrassment and damage to his reputation. In September, the U.S. Court of Appeals turned him down, wrote the judges, no one has a personal right to be better guarded. That's awful. Recurring themes, ladies and gentlemen. Many in conservative Jewish communities still practice the tradition of kaporos on the Day of Atonement. But the critics were out in force in New York's Borough Park neighborhood in September to protest the ritual slaughter there of 50,000 chickens. A synagogue raises money by selling chickens to members who then have butchers swing the chickens overhead three times, thus transferring the owner's sins to the chickens. Ultimately, the chickens are beheaded, supposedly erasing the human's sin. Protesters ask why not just donate money. A judge refused to block the ritual but ordered the police to enforce the sanitation laws governing the beheadings. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. When, look, the first swing, that's like the buildup, right? Yeah. And then you feel the sin coursing through you, and then you get the second rotation, and now it's like it has entered the chicken, but you don't want it all over in the chicken, because you got to eat the chicken, and if you eat the chicken, it's just going to go back, so you give it one and then it goes into the chicken's head, and if you did it one more time, the head would fly off, and it would just be a beautiful rainbow of sin and chicken juice. It's true. Look it up. Recent headlines from the foreign press, London Zoo Monkey Keeper and Meerkat Keeper fought over Llama Keeper. 
A British Human Love Triangle, September, The Guardian. A man suffering from constipation. These are headlines, by the way. I don't know if I made that clear. Recent headlines from foreign presses. These are headlines from newspapers, right? London Zoo Zoo Monkey Keeper and Meerkat Keeper fought over Llama Keeper. A British Human Love Triangle, September, The Guardian. So the Monkey Keeper, the Meerkat Keeper fought over. You got it. Uh, man suffering from constipation for 10 years has 11-pound stool removed. That's from Chengdu, China, in August. Central European News. Naked Spanish clowns anger Palestinians. A pro-Palestinian demonstration in Jerusalem backfired in September, says Ynet News. Swedish porn star jumps into Spanish bullfighting ring to comfort dying bull. It's from Malang, Spain, September. And yeah. That's it. Those are. I'm interested to read about the um, naked Spanish clowns. That one's because people in Spain, super tall. I don't know if you know that, but like a giant clown. I don't care. They're naked. Anybody angering anybody by being naked is great. Reader's choice, viewers. <clears throat> in August. Che Heron, 25, who police said had just shoplifted electronics items from the Walmart in Round Lake Beach, Illinois, was picked up while on foot near the store. Police found that Hearn had actually driven his car to the Walmart, but that while he was inside shoplifting, a repo agent who had followed him to the store had confiscated it. And our second story in Reader's Choice, astronaut Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon, told a reporter in August that my own experience talking to people had made it clear that extraterrestrials are trying to keep us from going to war with Russia, and that the U.S. military officers have told them that their test missiles are frequently shot down by alien spacecraft. I saw something about this guy who supposedly worked at Area 51 and knew all the ins and outs of all the stuff. Let me tell you a story. Uh, People like that, generally pretty crazy. This guy I'm talking about was 800 years old. Um, Edgar Mitchell, sixth man to walk on the moon. He's probably 743. People get old, they get a little crazy. But here's the thing. I'll tell you about crazy people. There are crazy people who don't know they're crazy. And there are crazy people who know they're crazy. And they are the scary ones because they will do whatever they have to do to make use of their crazy, but then hide it when it is going to be a detriment. True story. More things to worry about, not just crazy people. Oh no, where's Florida? Have we had Florida yet? I'm sorry, I got distracted by a lack of Florida. Seattle, Iowa, Dominican Republic, India, Britain, Thailand, uh uh-oh, California, Chicago, New York, oh no, no Florida. Anyway, this is something else to worry about. Peter Fredrickson, 63, a gun shop owner in, oh boy, Bloemfontein, South Africa, was detained by police in September, pending formal charges after his wife discovered 21 packages labeled as female genitals in their home freezer. There's no official explanation, but one officer called them the result of mutilation of private parts of a woman cut out and kept as trophies. One was marked with the name of a woman, 2010, and Lesotho, a kingdom within South Africa. That is... This week's news is just 
filled with genitals. I don't get it. Here's our our classic, let's hope we end on a high note. New Zealand's Waikato National Contemporary Art Award in September 2009, worth the equivalent of $11,000, went to Dane Mitchell, whose installation consisted merely of the discarded packaging materials he had gathered from all the other exhibits vying for the prize. Mitchell named his pile Collateral. Announcement of the winner was poorly received by the other contestants. And hey, no one had to be naked for it. That's a great way to end.
skimming off the top of the old archive bag today, we have got Breath of Fire. Breath of Fire, a game by Capcom and Squaresoft. What were they thinking? I don't know, but it should have been brilliant. And it was not bad. It was okay. Uh, there's actually two playthroughs of this over at the website. Jade has got one, which uh, it's fairly old, back when I think YouTube still had a time limit. And I've got mine up there as well. Uh, if you'd like to see the game without commentary, please watch Jade's. He is much better at the game than I was. And if you want to just hear someone bash on the game, please watch mine, because I bash on it pretty good. Let's read about it, though. In a distant land, peace was maintained for thousands of years by a fearful dragon clan who could transform into powerful monsters. One day, they discovered a goddess who could fulfill their every wish. Greed split the clan into dark and light dragons, each battling the other to win her magic. One member of the light dragons, along with seven of his companions, emerged to keep the opposing forces from destroying their world. Using six magical keys, they sealed the goddess into another realm. Centuries have passed. The dark dragons are destroying the land in search of the keys. When they find the keys, they will once again release the magic goddess. Light dragon, the time has come to draw your sword and fight for the future of your people pretty good game. I mean, really, plot-wise. It doesn't sound super, super amazing. You know, kind of just, oh, you gotta stop the bad guy from getting the crystals. You know, you, you just swap things in and out. But that's the final, or the square soft part for you. Uh, the battle system is kind of unique. It's kind of different. The overworld map is kind of unique and different. Um, you can actually, like, interact with things on the world map a little more than just searching for places. Um, Boss fights are really strange, kind of kind of different. There, there is a transformation system in the game. There's multiple characters who have multiple abilities and skills who make them really useful in certain situations. Um, it's not a short game. It's not really a long game, per se, but um, my playthrough without a time limit took 29 episodes. And there's multiple endings. Oh, how about that? Great game. Um, Breath of Fire, I have not yet done a Let's Play the second game. The third game was requested that I do, so before I got to the third game, I want to do the first two. I have not got to the second one yet. However, if you watch the first one, either from Jade or I, and you really liked it and don't want to wait for more, Jade already has a Let's Play of the second game up at the website.
So, always in the mood for uh, new reviews, um, I turn I turn to the people of the forums. And what did I get today is Mephisto has decided he found some pretty interesting Yoshi's Island reviews. So, I haven't read either of them. Let's get them opened up here. Squid Vicious says, this doesn't deserve to have Super Mario World in its title. And Psycho Penguin says, god-awful game right here, folks. Oddly enough, both could either be Mega Man X bosses or bad guys in Metal Gear. Hmm, Squid Vicious and Psycho Penguin. Never know. Well, I can't make a decision here, so... Random.org. Coin flipper. We'll say heads will be squid vicious, tails will be psycho penguin. So we're gonna flip one coin. Let's flip a. Oh. Let's flip an Irish two euro coin. Remember, heads, squid, tails, penguin. Flip coin. That is a tail, so penguin it shall be. Alright, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island Review by Psycho Penguin, entitled God Awful Game Right Here, Folks! Super Mario World 2. This is a rather interesting game in my opinion. A lot of people, well almost everyone, seem to absolutely love this game. That is not, however, enough for me. Because guess what? I did not enjoy playing this game much at all. It has to be one of my worst Super Nintendo games of all time, and I don't really know why, but I just completely hated this game and everything about it. The graphics, the gameplay, everything about this game, I just absolutely hated. Maybe it was the fact that I had been a fan of all the other Super Mario Bros. games, especially Super Mario World, so I expected the game to deliver just as much fun as the other games in the series. It does try some rather innovative ideas, I do admit, but this is definitely one of the worst Super Nintendo games I've ever played in my eyes. I cannot think of a single good quality of this terrible game, as it is just absolutely horrid. Now, before you start flaming me or whatnot, hear me out. I can understand why people enjoy this game. It is a rather fun game on paper. It also provides some rather innovative ideas to a tired series. Unfortunately, I absolutely hated this game and all of its innovative qualities. The simple fact that this game tried some new ideas is a good quality, and if you enjoy the innovative qualities that the game provided, then that is great. Have fun playing it. I'm just here to tell you that some people, not many, did not like this game. One of the many innovations to the game is the fact that Mario is no longer the main character you control. Yes, instead of controlling Mario, you control his dinosaur pal Yoshi. And this is where one of my many innovative ideas kick in. See, Mario is a baby in this game, so he's just a li- so he is in a little bubble. When Yoshi gets hit, Mario gets thrown off of Yoshi and starts crying inside the bubble. And a little timer starts to count down. You have to collect Mario within 10 ascend the 10 second time frame or you will die. Just another innovative concept, and one I did not particularly like. Another addition to the game is the fact that this is a fairly non-linear game. It features lots of secrets. This is certainly a good concept, because I've always preferred non-linear games. Most of this comes from the world map itself, which is decidedly different than the world map featured in the original Super Mario World. There are also plenty of mini-games, extra stages, bonus levels, etc., but I did not have fun at all while actually playing the game. I think the biggest reason why I did not like this game is the fact that it is so decidedly different than the other games in the series that it got rather confusing to play after a while. Sure, the innovative gameplay ideas are a great idea, as you may have expected, but still the basic gameplay did not appeal to me at all because it tried so much different stuff. 
This is like the Super Mario Bros. 2 of the Super Nintendo world, and it did not appeal to me. Sort of like Super Mario Bros. 2 did not appeal to me either. I certainly did prefer the original Super Mario to this game, without a doubt. Graphically, this is one of the best looking Super Nintendo games yet. Mode 7 effects about in this game, and the backgrounds in the game are simply amazing and very colorful. The enemy designs in the game are some of the most unique I've ever seen in a video game, and the wide variety of enemy designs in the game is definitely a welcome sign in my eyes. You'll be able to notice classic enemies from the older games in the series featured in this game. This is always a good sign. This is definitely one of the best looking games on the Super Nintendo, and I wish the rest of the game was as good as the graphics, because then this would have been a classic game. Music in the game is varied. I think the biggest problem I had with the music in this game is the fact that it sounded very kiddy for my tastes. Otherwise, the music in the game is pretty damn good. Nothing special. I did enjoy some of the boss themes, however, and the world map music is rather spiffy. Sound effects in the game are basic Mario fare all the way. Good points and bad points. Good points. Great graphics, some of the be yes, best yet seen on the SNES. Bad points. Unappealing gameplay. Tedious controls. Annoying kitty music. Overall, this is one of the most disappointing games I have ever played, and trust me, I have played my fair share of them. I expected this game to be somewhat decent, and I turned out to hate the game. Oh well, there's always Banjo-Kazooie. Oh wait, I hated that game even more. Darn. Game scores, graphics 9 out of 10, music and sound 3 out of 10, gameplay control 1 out of 10, replay, medium, challenge, medium, overall 1 out of 10, reviewers rating, half a heart, 0.5 or unplayable, oh psycho penguin, this review should have been called, I just don't like this game, because I think he said, I just don't like this game, about 8 million times, holy crap psycho penguin, Named Captain Charisma, according to this. Oh, and he's got a live journal. That's great. Uh, reviews contributed 441 reviews. We got WWF European Rampage Tour for the Amiga, Arcade Games, Atari 2600 Games. Oh, he had to give E.T. half a heart. E.T., the extraterrestrial, is just as good as Yoshi's Island. Uh, ColecoVision, Dreamcast Games, Mortal Kombat Gold, NBA 2K, Sonic Adventure, Royal Rumble, more wrestling games. DS games are all RPGs, Famicom games is Mario and Zelda, Game Boy games are all over the place, and he gave, he gave Metroid 2 half a heart. Metroid 2 and Yoshi's Island 2 just as good as E.T. Game Boy Advance games, pretty wide swath there. Didn't like Aria of Sorrow much, but like Circle of the Moon. Um, Game Boy Color games, Genesis games, Blaster Master 2 got a heart and a half. Boxing for the Intellivision got half a heart. Ten Yard Fight for the NES got a heart. Heroes of the Lance got half a heart. Baseball got half a heart. Castle Quest got one heart. Castlevania 2 got one heart. Deadly Towers got one heart. Demon Sword a heart and a half. Dragon Warrior 2 got one heart. A Week of Garfield half a heart. Ghost and Goblins one heart. Hydlide half a heart. Major League Baseball got one heart. Mega Man 4 got one and a half. 3, 5, and 6 all got five hearts. 2 got three and a half. Listen, he titled his Mega Man 2 review, I'm Not a Slave to Popular Opinion. I'm starting to think maybe some of these games you don't like, you don't like just because everybody else likes them. 
Solar Jetman, one heart. Spy versus Spy, half a heart. Um, Bart versus Bart meets Radioactive Man, half a heart. Ultimate Exodus, half a heart. Xevious, half a heart. Uh, Nintendo 64, Pokemon Snap got half a heart. Mario 64 got half a heart. Ocarina of Time, a heart and a half. WWF No Mercy, five hearts. Final Fantasy VII for the PC, four and a half hearts. Solitaire, he reviewed Solitaire. Chrono Cross got half a heart. Death Trap Dungeon, half a heart. Final Fantasy VIII, a heart and a half. Final Fantasy VII, five hearts. Boy, man, RPG Maker, two and a half hearts. Street Fighter Alpha, three hearts. Star Ocean, the second story, five hearts. Tomb Raider, half a heart. Tomb Raider 2, heart and a half. Tomb Raider 3, heart and a half. Tomb Raider, The Last Revelation, two hearts. WCW Nitro, half a heart. But WCW Mayhem, four hearts. PlayStation 2 games. Final Fantasy X, five hearts. Dragon Quest VIII, uh, five hearts. Oh my goodness. This is just something for the redemption called Skee-Ball. He gave five hearts. Sonic CD got four and a half. Super Nintendo. What didn't he like on the Super Nintendo? Actraiser got five. Breath of Fire got one. Darius Twin got five. Uh, Double Dragon five got one and a half. Final Fantasy... Two, he says two here, got four and a half. Three got five, five got five. Mystic Quest got four and a half. Legend got two, Maui Mallard got two. Mortal Kombat got half a heart. Mortal Kombat two got four hearts. Rival Turf got one heart. Secret of Mana did really well. Star Fox, four and a half. Star Ocean, five. Super Mario World, half a heart. We just did that one. Mario RPG, two and a half. Turbo Graphics games, Double Dungeons got one. Wow. I'm not sure how to take most of that, but from from my yeah, most of those titles like everybody loves this game. I'm gonna hate it because I'm not a slave to fashion or something. Anyway, let's review this review. Rather interesting game in my opinion. A lot of people, almost everybody, seem to absolutely love it. That is not, however, enough for me. Again, everybody loved it, so I must not, because guess what? I did not enjoy playing this game much at all. I'm not going to tell you why, though. Did you notice that? Let's let's go over again. Um, one of the worst Super Nintendo games of all time. I don't even know why, but I just completely hated the game and everything about it. Graphics, gameplay, everything is just hated. Absolutely hated. Maybe it's the fact that I've been a fan of all the other Mario games, especially Super Mario World, so I expected this game to deliver just as much as the other games. It does try some rather innovative ideas, but definitely one of the worst Super Nintendo games I have ever played in my eyes. Played, comma, in my eyes. Almost makes it sound like I played this game in my eyes. It was not very good. I could not think of a single good quality of this terrible game, as it is just absolutely horrid. I'm going to scroll down. Graphics, 9 out of 10. Anyway, nothing good. Not a single good quality. Graphics, 9 out of 10. Before you start flaming me or whatnot, hear me out. This is where you know that they know they're wrong, but they want to try and convince you. Okay. 
I can understand why people enjoy the game. It's a rather fun game. On paper. Also provides some rather innovative ideas due to a tired series. Mario... Every Mario game was different than the one before it up to this point. Every single one. Mario, Super Mario, we had Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, they were night and day. Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, fairly freaking different. 2 to 3, incredibly different. 3 to World, oh my god, night and day. Not super huge, but I mean, you get what I'm saying. No Mario game was exactly the same as the one before. There's the Lost Levels thing, but I don't know if he's comparing that. Even the, the Game Boy games, Mario Land and Mario Land 2, were pretty different. Tired series? I think not, sir. I absolutely hated this game and all of its innovative qualities. The simple fact that the game tried some new ideas is a good quality. I hated everything it tried to do different. Everything it tried to do different was good. And if you enjoyed the innovative qualities the game provided, then that is great. Have fun playing it. I'm just here to tell you that some people, not many, did not like this game. One of the many innovations, innovations, viewers, word of the day. When you hear me say the word innovations, take a drink. One of the many innovations of the game is the fact that Mario is no longer the main character you control. Yes, instead of controlling Mario, you control dinosaur pal Yoshi. And this is where one of the many innovative ideas kick in. See, Mario is a baby in this game, so he is in a little bubble. That was a sentence. See, Mario is a baby in this game, so he's in a little bubble. As you all know, infants encased in bubbles at all times. When Yoshi gets hit, Mario gets thrown off of Yoshi and starts crying inside the bubble. Don't know if that needed to be said, but okay. And a little timer starts to count down. You have to collect Mario within the 10 second time frame or you will die. Ten seconds, yes, but as you collect stars, the time limit goes up, so just another innovative concept and one I did not particularly like. You get hit, you get you die if you don't recover quick enough. Very innovative. Another addition to the game is the fact that it's a fairly non-linear game that features lots of secrets. But it's more linear than Mario World was. Mario World was incredibly non-linear, and this is this is incredibly linear. Because it's just the world, the map's just a straight line. <laughs> this certainly is a good so concept because I've always preferred nonlinear games. I don't know... I don't think that word means what you think it means. Most of this comes from the world map itself, which is decidedly different than the world map featured in the original Super Mario World. Yes, I agree. In Super Mario World, you can go left, right, up, down, over hills, under valleys, through, through water, uh, across bridges. Um... Excuse me. Uh, Super Mario World 2, you go left to right. It's incredibly different. Amazingly different. Uh, plenty of mini games, extra stages, bonus levels, etc. Yeah, just like in Mario World. Um, I think the biggest ri reason why I did not like the game is the fact that it's so decidedly different from the other games in the series. I know, what with the running and the jumping and the finding things and trying not to get hit by monsters. And it got rather confusing to play after a while. It is so different, and I still thought it was going to be the same. It really confused me. Like, I tried to play Mega Man, but I played a lot of Scrabble beforehand, and I just died. Man. <sighs> I'm sure the innovative gameplay ideas are a great idea, as you may have expected. They're a great idea. Innovation's a great idea. I hate all the innovation made in this game. 
but still the basic gameplay did not appeal to me at all because I it tried so much different stuff. To like get to the end of the level and not die. This is like the Super Mario Bros. 2 of the Super Nintendo world, and it did not appeal to me. Sort of like Super Mario Bros. 2 did not appeal to me either. I certainly did prefer the original Super Mario to this game, without a doubt. But it's a tired series. You can't say it's being innovative and tired at the same time. Ugh. Graphically, this is one of the best-looking Super Nintendo games yet. Mode 7 effects about in this game, and the backgrounds in the game are simply amazing and very colorful. I think he means abound, not about, but he is right about the graphics. The graphics are incredible. Enemy designs in the game are some of the most unique I've ever seen in a video game, and the wide variety of enemy designs in the game is definitely a welcome sign in my eyes. Again, in my eyes. Ah, where we're going, we don't need eyes. You'll be able to notice classic enemies from the older games, like Super Mario Bros. 2, which you hated. Uh, in series featured in this game, this is always a good sign. It's always a good idea to reuse old enemy sprites. I mean, that's how you get innovation. They're tired or something. This is definitely one of the best looking games of the Super Nintendo, and I wish the rest of the game was as good as the graphics, because then this has been a classic game. Music in the game is varied. I think the biggest problem I had with the music in this game is the fact that it sounded very kitty for my taste. It's supposed to be. Have you not? Did you see the graphics? I mean, you just raved about them a paragraph ago. It is an incredibly kitty looking and sounding game, but it is not a kitty game in any way. That's kind of how the Yoshi games work. It's kind of how some, like even the Kirby games work to some extent. I don't, I didn't see him do Yoshi's story. Oh man. How would he feel about Yoshi's Story? I love Yoshi's Story. That's a fantastic game. Anyway, otherwise the music of the game is pretty damn good. Nothing special. I'm going to read that sentence again. Otherwise, the music in the game is pretty damn good. Nothing special. I don't understand how some people do. I did enjoy some of the boss themes, however, and the world map music is rather spiffy. <laughs> Sound effects in the games are basic Mario fare all the way. Well, yeah, okay. Great graphics, some of the best yet seen on the NES. Oh, by the way, this was posted in 2000 and updated in 2001. Almost a year later, actually. Um, so a year later, he went back and thought, you know what? I didn't make this vague enough. Bad points. Unappealing gameplay. Though I'm not going to mention anything about the control scheme, how you influence the world around you, or anything. It just, no, it's unappealing. Tedious controls. Uh, see previous bullet point. Annoying kitty music. But, um, annoying kitty music. Otherwise, the music in the game is pretty damn good. But it's annoying kitty music. Overall, this is one of the most disappointing games I've ever played, and trust me, I've played my fair share of them. Except you gave like every game you reviewed at least four stars, except for every game that everybody else likes. I expected the game to be somewhat decent, turned out to hate the game. Oh well, there's always Banjo Kazooie. Oh wait, I hated that game even more. Darn. Is that darn or damn? That is darn. I'm sitting far away. It's darn. So if you said damn once, don't switch to darn. Okay, just don't. Don't do it. Who? Steam. Jeez. Steam is just updating like fool for some reason lately. Anyway, um, that was a really bad review. I mean, not even like stuff I can make fun of in it. It was just really bad. Because it's just so back and forth and back and forth. This is, you know, it's a tired series. 
and it's innovative and innovation's really good but I hate it and the graphics were really good they were great but there's nothing great about the game and the music you know it was pretty damn good but it was nothing special yeah this is what Bill Murray's character in Caddyshack would have sounded like if he was a little younger maybe a little bit or maybe that guy who does the cooking video on
like what you did with the voicemail thingy there. Just call in and listen to it, guys. Um, so, first off, the Oni Boo Boo thing is just really fun to say. But yes, Lotus of the Apocalypse. Pretty creepy. Music was great. I do actually have a soundtrack on my iPod at this very moment. It's phenomenal. Unfortunately, I've only been able to find like three remixes. Um, two or three remixes. And they're both... Excuse me. They're both really good. So check over at Overclocked Remix for that. Uh, one's like the town theme and then the battle theme was also remixed, I believe. I did not, in fact, write that review, um, even though it sounds like some things, like wordage and stuff that I would say, and maybe some common placements, too. I don't know. I, I like my comments, but not as much as that guy. Um, I don't, off the top of my head, remember what else you asked. Uh, it's the eighth time listening to this week's podcast, and I'm at that point in time. Um, so, yeah, story. Eh, we talked about this already, and the uh, story's pretty good, I thought. Um, the controls, that was another thing you asked about. Yes, the controls there is, if you hold triangle, and maybe L2, not sure. But I know if you hold triangle, you run forward. There's no like hold button and then use direction pad to run. There's just to hold the button and he runs forward and you can sway him one way or another. So the controls eh, really weren't the best, but at the time I was used to playing Resident Evil, like one and two. So if you played those and then you play Jade Cocoon, it's you, you'll have no problems because they control pretty much the exact same. Uh, if you have any other things you wanted me to answer, you'll have to send me a message or something. And yeah, so thanks for having me on the show two weeks late because I didn't get a chance to listen to it last week, unfortunately. Bye. Hey, so, I just remembered, it's been like two hours, give take, but I just remembered what that other thing was on the review review. The guy said there was no secrets in the game, which, really, no secrets. I spent somewhere, I'm gonna say, the first uh, I spent seven or eight hours in real time keeping uh, secret items that aren't really listed anywhere. And then uh, spent another seven or eight hours while the game was like on triple speed with speed up function, which is amazing. Uh, Looking for secret items, and I missed one that was in the Eternal Corridor. Because I do agree with the guy's statement, and that the Eternal Corridor 
pretty much the after game is super pointless. Um, and I wasn't going to deal with that. Though I did show that off to in a bonus episode. And the female was there for that too. If anybody hasn't watched it. Pretty good stuff. Uh, but yeah, there are secrets in that game. They are just very well hidden secrets. And a lot of the optional stuff I tried to do, expanding on the lore, uh, like talking to the minstrels, every chance I got I went back and talked to uh, Poto, the wise old gravekeeper. Why he sounds like a weird Sean Connery, I don't know. But... There's a lot of stuff you can do in that game, if you take the time to find it. You just gotta look. So, yeah. Uh, not any, like, real, like, super secret side quest stuff, like the whole, uh, secret of killing thing, letting me go to the Kaya game, like, that obviously didn't exist. But if it did, that would have been amazing. But... Oh well, anyway, just wanted to add that, if you can splice it in there somehow, Jason. No, no, you can, because you're super awesome at the video editing stuff.
hey i want to thank you folks for listening in today was a good fun day for a podcast i think uh music from today's episode which i haven't found yet is from Mega Man 4 because it is Mega Man 4's turn and oh I, I I can only really think of like two songs from the game that I seem to remember and kind of liked and that was Dust Man and Bright Man I think had good music anyway I'll find something and I'll put it on there uh thanks for uh the suggestions on the reviews and thank you Scarlet for calling in as you may or may not know, viewers, if you are watching this on the video, you can find all sorts of ways to contact me about the podcast and for the podcast on the tile itself. If not, you can find all the information for that over at lowbiasgaming.net in the forums, where you can see all of the videos I talk about in the show. Isn't that wonderful? You can play. We have an arcade. Did you know we have an arcade? We have an arcade. It doesn't even take quarters. Like, not even Bitcoin virtual quarters. You, we have... Flipped the dip switch. Quarters not required. Because we care. I want to thank you all very much, and I will see you next time.